0: Hello, hello. Good Sunday afternoon to you. Not only a Sunday afternoon, but a Sunday afternoon in spring in Minnesota. It has arrived. Um, and that means probably uh, only four of you are listening to the show instead of the usual compliment of 10, but uh, the four of us will have a really great time. Hello, this is Ellie Krug with Hidden Edges Radio. I am thrilled to be back with you. This is a live show. We are live, L-I-V-E. And if you are on Facebook, you will see me right now waving to you, uh, looking relatively good for a change. And so if you're inclined to watch on Facebook, do that. If you're inclined to just simply listen on the radio, great. And if you're on the internet, fine. But guess what? Since it's live, that means you can call in or you can type in your questions on Facebook. Our number is 952-946-6205. And our shout out today because I'm here on this very spring day to talk about something a little heavy, which is about speaking truth to power. Yes. Speaking truth to power. We don't do it enough. We don't see it enough, but your shout out. I'd love to hear from you if you've spoken truth to power or if you've seen somebody do it. And I'm going to relate to you an experience that I had last week where I ended up doing exactly that. Speaking truth to power. Now, you know, generally the show is about, um, Surviving the human condition, our need to have the backs of each other, stories about grit and resiliency, and I like to highlight the fact that we are all in this together as we're trying to make our way through the world. Now, sometimes that calls for telling people in power things that they might not necessarily want to hear or otherwise that they hadn't considered Uh, Regular listeners, you know, the four of you that regularly listen know that I am on, when I'm not on the radio, I'm actually a speaker and trainer on human inclusivity, which takes me across the country um, and into Canada speaking uh, to groups. And this past Thursday, um, I was local and I spoke to a group of lawyers and judges in fact, um, I had among the most powerful lawyers and judges in the state of Minnesota in the room with me. They were gathered for a, sh- a social gathering at a country club, nightclub kind of place. We'll let the name remain n- anonymous. I gathered on the second floor of this um, restaurant club with about 150 people in the room, uh, and uh, it was for a dinner dinner. I was the featured guest, the keynote, uh, if you will, for the uh, gathering. And I uh, gave a talk called Ellen, Ellie Krug colon, Change Genders, Change Perspective. And that really is um, about what it's like to go from male to female and live in the world now as a woman compared to when I lived in the world as a man. Okay, so for regular listeners, you know what's coming. I am transgender. For our new uh, listeners, that's why the voice sounds so masculine, and you're hearing the name Ellie Krug. Um, sorry, that's just the way it works. Um, and But uh, I transitioned genders in age 52, and I now have real perspective of what it's like to literally look live in both genders. And my talk was about that. I wanted to share um, the talk. Now, it was a dinner talk, as I said, and that meant we had a number of servers in, in the room, handing, you know, serving meals first the salad and then the, the main course and then the dessert and coffee and tea and all of that stuff. Uh, there was a bar off to the side. People could go off and have, a, have a, a good old drink or get a drink to bring back to the table. The servers were all women. In the room. I'd say that there are probably a good dozen of them serving the entire room of 150. And uh, before I spoke, there was uh, some business that this group needed to uh, conduct. That included um, somebody from a programming committee to come up and, and report that they had raised $800. Uh, That they were um, applying to buy hostas and other gardening to put outside of, of the apartments at a nonprofit that helps people recover from addictions. So you have a a nonprofit, and and in fact, we heard from the development director for this nonprofit who came up to talk a little bit about the work the nonprofit does and to thank the group for raising money. And then for the plan was that actually some members of the group were going to go and plant these hosta and other other plants outside the apartments where women and children live. These are women who have been battling addiction and their children um, live and uh, and so the idea was to spruce up uh, the apartment settings. Now, I have to tell you, as I, as I listened, now this is a room, as I said, filled with some of the most powerful people in the legal community in Minnesota. And as I sat there, I started, um, as this business was being conducted before I was introduced, there was a part of me that took note of the fact that Here they were celebrating uh, raising money for gardening, um, but really no discussion about the work that the nonprofit does or any discussion about how uh, perhaps they could help that nonprofit and particularly the people that it serves, the women and children, in a different way. Now, I have to tell you, I um, am an adherent to the rule that when you are a guest in somebody's space that you act as a guest. And um, as the thoughts were coming into my head about that I should say something about this, um, you know, uh, I I tried to tamp them down. And Ellie, you're a guest. Ellie, just be there just for your talk and um, you don't need to comment on this. And that's what I told myself as I stood up to give the talk. And uh, I gave the talk and, and, and started the talk by explaining about me, being transgender, about uh, the fact that I had experienced a number of social and professional changes, living a life now as female. Social changes included something as simple, but very eye-opening as the fact that when um, I started to go to my regular meat counter in Iowa, I was living in Iowa at the time and asked for, say, a um, a, a, a ribeye steak in the meat counter, asked for a ribeye, um, that that I started to find that as female, I started to get uh, far worse cuts than when I did the same thing as a man. Um, You know, usually the butcher behind the counter was a man. And what I realized was that as a woman, the man was picking not nearly as good a piece of cuts or cuts of meat uh, for me. And I tumbled to the fact that men look out for men. Didn't realize that. And then I shared some other things about social... And then I shared some things professionally about how the world had changed for me and related an experience that I'd had a couple, three or four years ago in a professional setting where i had made some public statements that were very passionate, not, ne- not, ne- essentially, not necessarily, thank you, Elle, uh, fact-based. And um, a man in the room who had the knowledge, who was far more knowledgeable about the subject matter than me, stood up. And point blank said to me in front of 30 of my peers, 30 other people that I respected, and said to me, you're either uh, misstating the facts or you're just plain ignorant. He said that right to me in front of all those folks. And there were women in the room and not a single woman stood up to protect me or to say a thing about that marginalization that occurred right in front of them. I shared that with the group, and I shared a number of other things. And then I got to the part of the talk where I said that I was going to make everyone uncomfortable and that I was going to specifically speak to the women in the group. And I, I related that, you know, I, and, and by this point, at some point, I had mentioned that we had servers in the room that were women um, that often are invisible, and you know what? Uh, to the credit of the crowd, uh, they uh, applauded uh, the servers right there on the spot. They didn't even, I didn't even lead in that. They just uh, spontaneously did that. It's a good group of people. I really, really respect the, the, the audience that I was with. As I said, though, very powerful people. And so when I got to the last part of my talk, the last 20 minutes, um, I, 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 I began by saying that I wanted to talk to the women in the room about what are we doing for the women that are not there, that were not in the room. The women of color the and girls of color who come from marginalized communities, who live in low-income neighborhoods. I asked, what are we doing for those women? Because it's important that those women have a place at the table. And then I started asking questions. Um... Probing questions. One of those questions was um, who in the room had ever been a uh, big sister through the Big Brothers Big Sisters program. Regular listeners will know that I've been a big sister to uh, Jasmine, who I actually have had on the show a couple of times. I've been a big sister for her since she was seven. She's now 12, so we're more than five years together. And I asked who in the room out of 150 people had been a big sister. And you know, one, one person raised their hand and said they had been at one point, but were no longer. And then I asked who was a mentor through the Boys and Girls Club. And I got one person, uh, a woman who raised her hand and I said, thank you, thank you for your service, but no one else. And I challenged them on the need for them to, to volunteer, to be mentors uh, to, to folks. And then I asked, who in the group, who in the group was first-generation college, who'd gone to college as the first person in their family? And out of 150 people, about a dozen men and women raised their hands. And I spoke to them directly. I said, you know, I really urge you to volunteer. I urge that you do that because um, it's important you have the credibility that, that other people don't have because you can talk to them and you can say that you exactly know what it's like to come from something that is less than zero in some cases and be able through grit and resiliency and hard work get to where you were. I urge them to do that. And then I turn to the, the question of color and I pointed out in the room out of 150 people that the room was mainly white. There weren't very many people of color in that room out of 150 legal professionals, the most powerful legal professionals in Minnesota. And then I asked a question. I said, who in this room can tell me what the percentage uh, is for people of color in the Twin Cities? Now, I asked that because having at least basic data about disparities. It's pretty important because you can't even begin to deal with the disparities if you don't know how big they are. And I said, tell me, just shout out the number. What do you think the percentage is of people of color in the Twin Cities? And um, I got, a, I got somebody, somebody yelled 4%. Another person yelled 10%. One person yelled 30%. They were the one that was closest. I was actually quite taken back by the fact that no one could put the the right figure out there immediately and the right figure is somewhere between 34 and 37 percent depending on the source Uh, 34 to 37 percent of the twin cities is um people of color and i reminded that in the group they were nowhere near that at all now at this point i am making people uncomfortable I am. And I talked more about the need for them to step up, for the women in the room to do things for women and girls. And then my brain kicked in, that part where I had been tamping down, saying Ellie be a good guest. That tamping ended. I couldn't persist. And before I knew it, I was talking about the $800 hostas that they were going to plant outside the the nonprofit apartments that were housing women battling addictions and their children. And before I knew it, and I said with great respect, I did. I said with great respect, I need to I need to raise something that I heard as I sat here. And I said with great great respect. I think it's wonderful that you've raised $800. You've raised money to, for gardening, for those apartments. But then I said, but really, my question to you is, what are you doing for the women and the children in those apartments? What are you doing for them? I mean, we all know, I mean, the, the, the phrase addict, the phrase addict is probably the lowest of all the totem poles as it relates to marginalization. We all know that, that children that grow up in households with parents who have addictions, those children have incredibly difficult times about surviving, about prospering. And I challenged that group right there. What were they doing for those women and children in the apartments where they were going to plant the hostas now, I crossed so many lines that night. I did. And I felt I, I felt that people were uncomfortable hearing what my words were. But you know what? There was a good part of me that didn't care. Now, there was another part that did care because there were people in that room that might have otherwise been inclined to hire me. And you know what? I, I The way my business works, it's based on word of mouth, it's based on people being willing to hire me. And I pretty, pretty certain I wasn't going to get some work out of that because people were afraid of what I might say if they hired me. But trust me, for the most part, I always know, um, what to say and how to do it the right way. And frankly, I think I did it the right way at that meeting actually. So I was buoyed afterwards where a man came up to me, a, a judge. He came up to me afterwards and he said to me, he said, Ellie, because I said to him, he's a friend of mine. And I said, I just think I crossed a bunch of lines. And he said to me, Ellie, I don't know if you did. He said, he said, so what? He said, I wish we had had a camera and we could have filmed you for that last 20 minutes where you started talking to everyone in a very direct way. Oh, it was so good for me to hear him say that. And then I got done and eventually, I mean, there weren't very many people that came and shook my hand afterwards, which was a sign, of course, that I'd hit a nerve, a collective nerve. But it was time for me to leave and um, this place does not have an elevator and I had a bunch of stuff with me, a cart actually. And one of the servers, a woman asked me, she said, do you want me to help you? There's an elevator that's in the back through the kitchen. I can take you back there and take you down to the main floor. And I said, oh, thank you. And as we were heading to the kitchen and then in the elevator, she told me she really appreciated my words. And she said, you know, I think that uh, you you made me think about being a big sister. I think I'm going to investigate it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Thank you so very much. That was just so wonderful for me to hear. I mean, I am, I am a hopeless idealist, and that was just really great. So we get down to the main floor where the bar is and uh, the main dining area, and the elevator opens. I say so long to that woman, and I'm pushing my cart out um, through the main floor towards the bar. And then another server who had been in the room came up to me. Another server, she said, Ellie, she said, she said, thank you. Thank you, for, thank you for speaking up. She said, I felt that you were speaking up for me as I heard those words. She said, it was the best talk I've ever heard. And thank you. This was a stranger that I don't know. Talking to me. A server, a woman, wearing a waitress outfit. And I've got to tell you, that, for me, was very powerful. That, for me, told me it was okay for me not to be the total guest at that setting. It was okay for me to speak up, to speak some truth to power. When we come back, I'd love to hear from you at nine five two nine four six six two zero five. I'd love to hear from you. Have you ever spoken truth to power? Do you know people who have done it? Have you witnessed it? I would love to hear your stories. This is Ellie Krug with Hidden Edges Radio. We'll be back in a minute. Thank you. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ+, is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery education, and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging, and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you.
1: This spring, the early bird gets more than the worm. They'll also get triple savings from Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. That's right, you can triple your savings in April when you purchase a new furnace and air conditioner. Go for the HVAC Hat Trick by saving up to $900 three times. Take advantage of utility rebates, manufacturer rebates, and April savings. April is the only month Standard Heating is offering the HVAC Hat Trick triple savings, so don't wait. Details at standardheatingdeals.com. Some restrictions apply. Standard heating and
0: air conditioning, the comfort you deserve. Mishad Cooley Erickson, a mechanical and electrical consulting engineering firm in Minneapolis, supports inclusivity by designing spaces for all user groups, honoring inclusivity and respect. These spaces include gender neutral family restrooms and nursing mothers' rooms. For example, Mishad Cooley Erickson has designed lactation rooms for traveling mothers at the MSP International Airport. Designing these spaces has changed the expectations of similar facilities and airports around the country. Rashad cooley Erickson designed safe and comfortable environments for occupants who are their number one priority. I Welcome back to AM950 and Hidden Edges Radio. This is your host, Ellie Krug talking to you today about uh, speaking truth to uh, power i'd love to hear from you if you've ever done it come on i you know what the way that we the way that we do, uh, learn things is the stories of others our number is 952-946-6205 come on the four of you listeners one of you can give me a call i'd just love to hear from you you know um, and, and I'll tell you, there are all kinds of stories out there about speaking power to truth. Uh, excuse me, speaking truth to power. There you go. Um, there are all kinds of stories out there. For example, just um, yesterday, CNN had a compilation of those stories about students who walked out this week to commemorate the uh, out-of-school, the 19th anniversary of Columbine. Can you believe that it has been 19 years? And that included a, a, a 7 year old uh, Havana Chapman Edwards, who walked out of her uh, classroom, which I'm going to guess would be first grade, in Alexandria, Virginia. Um, uh, she had walked out when no one else did, um, and she... Uh, said that she wanted to walk out because she wanted to be supportive of uh, kids who are at risk, um, which would include her. Um, and she wore an orange spacesuit because she thought it was important for kids to dream big. And if you go to the CNN website, you um, Google their. Um, the story on September 21st about uh, students walking out. You're going to see this. You'll also see a story about Delilah Matrice, who is only 10 years old, uh, whose uh, heroes uh, include uh, last week of tonight, John Oliver host. And Delilah uh, walked out, but no one else would go out with her. And she knew that in advance. And so her dad took time off work and he went to school with her. He... Signed her out of the school, and she stood outside uh, of the school uh, with a sign that's uh, to about about students needing school supplies and not guns. That they need uh, that bullets were not school supplies, you know. And and there's a little girl. I mean, ten years old. If you can, if a ten year old can speak. Uh, speak truth to power. I think everybody can do that. Yes, you know what does it take to speak truth to power? What, what, what is it that you need to have in order to do it? Obviously, you need some guts. I'd love to hear from you about what you have. Is nine five two nine four six six two zero five with your stories of how you either or witnessed someone speaking truth to power. It happens in all kinds of contexts. It happens in all types of settings. It absolutely does. And in my training, I see it with great frequency. Um, um, it, and, it, and it's just, when I see it, it's marvelous. And when I hear the stories about humans who, who do that. And we are seeing this as Americans right now. Just, we're, we're witnessing history in the making with the Parkland students, what they are doing because they are speaking uh, truth to power. They are, they're doing it in incredible ways, ways that we would not have expected. And so it's out there, you just have to look for it. You just have to see whether it exists or not. So when we come back, uh, I'm going to read you a little bit out of, uh, out of the speech that Emma Gonzalez gave, one of the Parkland students. It'll grab you, I think. Uh, you're listening to me, Ellie Krug, on Hidden Edges Radio. If you like what you hear, email me at hiddenedgesradio at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks so very much.
2: She's making sure she-
0: Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Hi, this is Gregory Rich from Habitation Furnishing and Design, and I'd like you to tune in to a new program, Drink in the Style. Sundays at 5 p.m., Drink in the Style is going to be a one-hour conversation about interior design and aesthetics, all while enjoying a cocktail created by a local mixologist. Drink in the Style, Sundays at 5 p.m., brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design.
1: Kevin Ross here, inviting you to our brand new store called Ambibulous. What does Ambibulous mean? It means one who enjoys alcoholic beverages of all sorts. Ambibulous is a Minnesota maker's market. Unlike traditional liquor stores, we feature only craft beer, wine, and spirits made here in Minnesota. We are ready to guide your selections, where you can build your own four or six packs. Find us at 949 Hennepin Avenue East in Northeast Minneapolis or online at ambibulousmn.com. This spring, the early bird gets more than the worm. They'll also get triple savings from Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. That's right, you can triple your savings in April when you purchase a new furnace and air conditioner. Go for the HVAC Hat Trick by saving up to $900 three times. Take advantage of utility rebates, manufacturer rebates, and April savings. April is the only month Standard Heating is offering the HVAC Hat Trick triple savings, so don't wait. Details at standardheatingdeals.com. Some restrictions apply. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, the comfort you deserve.
3: Downtowner Woodfire Grill in St. Paul is a perfect choice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. Offering daily fresh seafood specials, fire-roasted meats, exquisite pizza, and half-priced bottles of wine on Mondays and Tuesdays, except on Excel Energy Center event nights. Once you experience their cozy fireside dining, extensive wine list, and bar, you'll be back for more. Gift certificates available located at 253 West 7th Street with plenty of free parking or online at downtownerwoodfire.com.
0: Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. With your AM 950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today will be mostly sunny with a high near 61. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 36. Monday, mostly sunny with a high near 67. And Monday night, mostly cloudy with a low around 44. Tuesday will be cloudy with a high near 59 and a low around 35. Lowry Hills Meats is your neighborhood full butcher
3: shop. Working directly with family farmers, they offer beef, lamb, goat, pork, and poultry. Sausages are made fresh and in-house weekly using 40 rotating recipes. Check them out at 1934 Hennepin
1: Avenue in Minneapolis.
0: And we are back on Hidden Edges Radio. If you're watching on Facebook Live, you see me seat dancing every time we have our bumper music. Um, Actually, I've had people tell me that uh, they either love or hate my seat dancing. So there you go. But if you ever want to see it, all you have to do is get on Facebook Live and, and for AM 950 and you'll be able to see me. Ellie Krug, and you'll be able, if, you're, if you've ever wondered, does she really look like a woman, even though she sounds like a man, you'll be able to see it because there I am. I am totally looking good today, as I said, even if I don't say so myself. Okay, all right, Ellie, don't break your arm. Patting yourself on the back. Now, um, I am ex- waiting for callers, I am, um, to talk to me about where they've either spoken truth to power or they've seen someone else do it. The number is 952-946-6205. I bet if I put a shout out there about, hey, what do you, how do you think the twins are going to do this year? Probably we'd get some callers. What do you think, Eric? Yes? <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah, we'd probably do that. On that. Yeah, we'd get a lot of people. Hey, what about those twins? But if you want to call and tell me how you think the twins are going to do this year, by all means, call me and tell me that because I just love to make sure somebody is listening to this show other than the four people who I know absolutely listen every Sunday. So before we did our break, and, and if you want the number again, 952-946-6205, we would love to hear from you with stories about speaking truth to power. Yes. But um, before we broke, I said that I'd come back and I would read you something out of Emma Gonzalez's speech that she gave in February. Uh, Fev- I believe it was February seventeenth, right after the uh, the shooting at Parkland, um, and uh, she gave a powerful speech. I mean, she. I think it's the very first first time she ever spoke publicly in a way. Now you will remember Emma. She is the very closely cropped haired woman who often wears an army fatigue jacket who, um, who spoke and she began by uh, saying that she had written the speech on the back of her AP government note, uh, notes, um, homework. And it, it certainly appeared that she had handwritten the speech and she went on to talk about how, you know, that, uh she she missed her fellow students who had been murdered and teachers she went on to talk about uh the ramifications that had already happened to her classmates about the shooting she went on and talked about how um she didn't believe that um there was anything that they could have done in terms of further with this uh, student that 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 everyone knew that the warning signs were there for the the gunman. That everyone wasn't surprised that he was the shooter. That and that yet he still showed up in the school. And then she started calling out the politicians who had taken money uh, from the NRA. And I want you know, and now remember. We've been dealing with mass school shootings for 19 years. As I said earlier in the show that it was Columbine, um, 19th anniversary of Columbine this week. We've been dealing with kids getting murdered in schools, often by other kids. We have. And so Parkland does represent a tipping point. It does represent a point at which People are beginning to speak truth to power. And those people are not adults. They are kids speaking that truth. And and I trust that you've seen the Parkland students speak. They are incredibly eloquent. And here is an example of that eloquence from Emma Gonzalez. I'm going to quote a little bit of her speech here. So bear with me, please. Quote, The people in the government who voted into power are lying to us. And us kids seem to be the only ones who notice and our parents to call BS. Companies trying to make caricatures of the teenagers these days, saying that we are all self-involved and trend-obsessed and they hush us into submission when our messages don't reach the ears of the nation. We are prepared to call BS Politicians who sit in their gilded House and Senate seats, funded by the NRA, telling us nothing could have been done to prevent this, we call BS. They say tougher gun laws do not decrease gun violence, we call BS. They say a good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun, we call BS. They say no laws could have prevented the hundreds of senseless tragedies that have occurred. We call BS. That us kids don't know what we're talking about. That we're too young to understand how the government works. We call BS. And she went on to say, if you agree, register to vote. Contact your local Congress people. Give them a piece of your mind, period, unquote. Unbelievable unbelievable we have someone speaking the truth who happens to be a 17-year-old teenager i am just totally impressed by that and and it turns out it looks like we have a caller do we have someone in the line hello yes, yes. hello who's uh, who's calling
2: um my nickname is vicky
0: Hi, Vicky. Vicki, you're calling me from Edina, and you're calling me to talk about speaking truth. What uh, truth have you spoken, or what have you heard from someone well, else? Well, I
2: mean, what I'm um, thinking about is that, um, well, maybe close to 50 years ago, I <clears throat> decided not to drink any alcohol, so I, I um, quit Drinking,
0: congratulations! I, way to go! <laughs>
2: so I haven't had a drink since in, in in I don't know. It's I haven't counted all the years, but but I have been sober. I'm, um, and you're not really. Um, I I go to a twelve step uh, program, but um, you're not supposed to announce your <laughs> sobriety on the radio, or uh, TV, but uh, in order to tell you uh, that's really what I was thinking about, <laughs> so as many huh. times as I can, I try, uh, sometimes I get rides, I, I gave up driving <clears throat> because I wasn't, um, well, for, I didn't like the way, uh, I was worried that the police would stop me because I have a feeling like they would like to. Um, sure. Even though I started uh, driving when I was 15 years old on the farm, and so I have a lot of experience driving.
0: So, Vicki, so I take it that you're speaking the truth is the fact that you're willing to just break some protocol, talk about your sobriety, how... How many years you've had in sobriety, and and I congratulate you on that. By the way, I happen to be sober, and I'm I'm barely three years in, so I really appreciate you calling. I think that it's great. Thanks so very much for your call.
2: Okay, fine.
0: All right, take care. Bye bye. We have. Um, I'm looking for other callers that can give us some examples about how they've spoken uh, truth uh, to power. Um, the number is 952-946-6205. I would love to hear from you. And um, because, you know, we need to hear each other's stories. Because when we do hear the stories of folks, who, who set, they set examples for us. We are a society of storytellers, a society of story listeners. And we just, you know, it's very important for us to, to listen to other to hear what other people have to say. I mean, we set our examples that way. That is how we learn. And, and frankly, a lot of, of uh, truth saying to power happens behind closed doors. It happens in spaces where it's not on TV. It happens in spaces not like with Emma Gonzalez where there are millions of people tuned in. It happens in a variety of ways. And when we come back from our break, uh, we've got another caller on the line. Uh, caller, just wait. We'll get to you when we come back from our break. You're listening to me, Ellie Krug, on Hidden Edges Radio. If you like what you hear, visit my website at elliekrug.com. We're talking about speaking power, speaking truth to power. Thanks.
2: I want to take
0: the At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery education, and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging, and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. Mishad cooley Erickson, a mechanical and electrical consulting engineering firm in Minneapolis, supports inclusivity by designing spaces for all user groups, honoring inclusivity and respect. These spaces include gender-neutral family restrooms and nursing mothers rooms. For example, Mishad Cooley Erickson has designed lactation rooms for traveling mothers at the MSP International Airport. Designing these spaces has changed the expectations of similar facilities in airports around the country. Mishad cooley Erickson designed safe and comfortable environments for occupants who are their number one priority. At Warner Stellion, we love appliances and our customers. They demand the best, and we wouldn't have it any other way. In appreciation, we put hundreds of appliances
1: on sale at our lowest price, which we guarantee. Now through April 30th, choose from laundry pairs, dishwashers, French door refrigerators, grills, and more kitchen suites than you can count, all at our guaranteed lowest price. Our trusted delivery and installation specialists will get your appliances delivered and installed fast and right. We're Warner Stellion, Minnesota's appliance
0: specialists. Robert Burrill here. Looking to add some comedy to your Saturday nights? Tune in to Laughing Matters right here on AM 950 at 7 p.m. to join myself along with the funniest comedians in the Twin Cities for an hour of topical social commentary and blatant self-promotion. Laughing Matters is brought to you by Stand Up Records, the recording label of the best comedians in the country, from Doug Stanhope to Hannibal Burris. Visit them online at www.standupcrap.com. Hi, it's Tom Hartman. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They built a business that is the gold standard.
1: The readers of Minnesota Bride Magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no-pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and design jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great, too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com.
0: And we are back on Hidden Edges Radio. This is your host, Ellie Krug. We're on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We've been talking about speaking truth to power um, and the the need to do that as well as the need to share our stories. And we've got a caller on the line, Pat from New Brighton. Pat, are you there?
4: Yes, sir. Uh, well, Ma'am. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I appreciate your voice that's so much. I'm a, sorry I didn't that, That's it. okay, <laughs> Pat.
0: Don't look. That's the way it works. Um, all right. Um, so you've got something you want to say about speaking truth uh, to power? Yes?
4: I, I do. After I heard, um, I believe it was, Emma Gonzalez's speech on television at the time of that rally, I started thinking a lot about it. You should know I'm a, a retired teacher, okay. both in, in schools and in university as well, and I have um, six grandkids, all of whom are in um, institutions of education. So I'm very concerned about this. You've got so a, I you've got a stake. Idea. You've
0: got a stake in the game. Yep. Go ahead. Yep. Yes.
4: So I um, spoke to one of my granddaughters, who introduced me to the president of her student council of her high school, and began a dialogue, and we decided that we would work with um, student councils in the high schools around this area. In fact, they're the school districts that are in my Senate district. I I happen to be a Democrat, but I see this issue as absolutely nonpartisan. I don't imagine how anyone
0: would feel differently. But anyway,
4: so I started inviting these young students from the five high schools in our Senate district to come to our district meetings. And the district uh, meetings themselves welcomed these kids with open arms, gave them a seat, a, vo- a chance to vote. And, you know, so it's been very good so far. I've only been able to penetrate two high schools, but I have another month to go. So I'm hoping I can reach the other high schools um, in time, you know, before the end of school. So the, the, go- the goal is here to have the Senate district support these kids as they try to register voters. So that's my idea. Well, and Pat- I've been
0: working on it. Pat, that is a great idea. I mean, God love you. Way to go. Way to way to way to help teach. First of all, you're still a teacher. So you're not retired. Um, way, to, <laughs> way to way to teach um, our youth on ways of using their imagination on how they can leverage their skill sets. They can leverage their time. And about building a coalition. I mean, these are incredibly important things because they set the platform to allow people to speak truth to power. So I, I love the idea. And how have, what kind of reaction have you gotten from people um, that are in the red camp rather than the blue camp?
4: Well, I don't actually know because most of the people I'm closest to are in the blue camp, and especially on this particular topic. So, you know, I just rail on. But my goal is to get these students empowered, to get them registered to vote. So as they turn 18, they are ready to go.
0: Well, thank you for doing it. And I think that you're so right on there is that this is not, a, you know, a Republican or a Democrat issue. This is about keeping our kids safe. And in the end, it really is about what are we going to what are we doing for our kids? I mean, how are we protecting them? What kind of a country are we going to give them? I mean, it's very hard to give them a country if they're not alive. So, Pat, I I really appreciate you calling in. Thanks so very much, and have a great Sunday, and don't worry about the misgendering. It happens all the time. (laughs) All right.
4: Thank you. And again, I appreciate you so much for who you are and what you're doing and sharing.
0: Thanks, Pat. Thanks. Take care. All right. We're talking. I'm accepting callers. We've got, like, about four minutes left. I would love to hear from another caller before we go at 952-946-6205 about what are your stories, what, what, how have you spoken truth to power, how have you seen somebody else do that? Because it is so incredibly important that we speak truth to power. That is actually what democracy is all about. Um, you know. And, and, and I, I just think it's so ironic that we're, we're, we have the kids that are teaching us, the kids that are teaching us and reminding us of what it is and how to, how to do this work and how to finally show up as honest humans, uh, speaking what needs to be said. And so I just, I I can't tell you enough how important it is that we watch them and that we, and that we see what these folks are doing. I've got another caller on the line, Patrick from Bloomington. Patrick, do you uh, have something to say about fighting for medical marijuana? Yes.
3: Yes, I do. I uh, actually fought for about two years prior to when, before we got our medical marijuana program. And the one thing that I learned is that becoming an activist in and of itself is telling truth to power. Yes. A lot of people believe that, you know, activism is complaining on Facebook or Twitter, you know, when actually there are several steps that you need to and hurdles that you need to go over to become an activist. And the first one, which is the most important, is to realize that that is not activism. Activism, you need to actually leave your house. You <laughs> need to talk to your legislature.
0: Oh, love you. I love you.
3: You actually you actually need to go out and, and meet with these people and, and there are big hurdles and challenges that you have in becoming an activist. For example, when once you go out you and become public, you have a potential of losing your family members, losing your friends, right. and that's a very, very big hurdle. Yep. And another step and another hurdle is to actually meet with these legislators and say, for example, to testify in a committee hearing. Every activist that I have met, before you do it for the very first time, hours beforehand are trying to get out of it. You are extremely nervous, you are scared. But what happens is, is, in becoming an activist, you actually transition into fear becomes anger. It becomes something that is within you that you have to control, but will help you become articulate when you are talking to these people. And then I was in meetings, private meetings with Governor Dayton. And at first, when I sat down at a table with the governor, I had that feeling like, wow, I'm at a table with the governor, <laughs> But eventually that anger and that rage was into me saying, look, this is what we need. There are patients that are at this table that will be dead soon. There are parents of children that will not survive. So we need to make sure that we get this. And that is what brings you to tell truth to power, is you absolutely have to take what is within you, that anger, and the fact that you say, that I can take this no more. And I absolutely need to, while respectfully, engage with these people to get what is not only for you, but for everyone else in your community. And to me, that is telling truth to power.
0: Patrick, I think that you encapsulated everything in such a, an incredibly eloquent way. And I wish we had had more time and, and we'd talked earlier because I, you're, I, I love your message. We don't have any more time to engage. The show's almost over. But Patrick, thank you for calling. I really appreciate yeah, it. And by the And by the way, I appreciate your service. It was thank very thank you very
3: much. I love your show.
0: Oh, thanks, Patrick. Take care. Well, uh, listeners. <laughs> There you go. Um, We've gotten three of the four listeners who called in. It's wonderful. Um, You've been listening to me, Ellie Krug with Hidden Edges Radio. A big thanks to our sponsors, the engineering firm of Michoud Cooley Erickson, the Pride Institute, which is a drug and alcohol residential and outpatient recovery center, and Brending Electrolysis. Contact Bev and let her know that I sent sent you because she does great work. A big thanks to my producer... Eric Nelson, you do great. And to my listeners, thanks so very much. We'll be back next Sunday. Take care. Bye.